What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 160. And today we're here with my guy, Dav, from Mims Honda Day. Dav, what's up, brother? Yeah, all good, man. How you doing? I'm great, bro. Thank you for checking in in this uh, late night in London, dude. What time do you got right now? It's probably about half 11 at night. <laughs> oh, man. Still dude. early. Still early. <laughs> that, are, are you a night owl or what? Yeah, I am kind of. Because the other day, uh, Friday, when we were doing the Downtime with Downstar live on the Instagram with uh, Rywire, mm. that was 6 p.m. our time. And right now, uh, it's about 3.30 our time. So it was about, what, 2 a.m. when you were watching us? Yeah. Yeah, it was about 2, 3 a.m. Do you feel like you got to do stuff like that and stay up late to, to keep in touch with what's going on here in the States? Yeah, I think so. When it comes to the like Instagram lives and and posts and that kind of stuff yeah um obviously you guys post when it's morning for us and you know all the live feeds and that kind of stuff so i do stay up and i do join the live feeds of um people and just you know communicate and stuff yeah you're uh you're always part of the community man i always see you even before we became familiar with each other i would always see you pop up and um i would see the affiliation that you had with uh with big mike and I was always just wondering, what is the what is this Mims until he started going out there? So before we get into uh, before we get into it, can you just give us a quick breakdown of, of who you are and what you do? So I organise Mims Honda Day. Um, it's the largest Honda event in the UK. Uh, also organise Japanese Performance Show, which is um, the only indoor Japanese car show in the UK. Gotcha. Uh, I'm starting to do stuff in Europe as well now, so it's not just the UK. Nice. Okay, and um, what made you interested in the, uh, the the U.S. culture of things as far as the uh, like um, the the way that we do things out here? Because when I went out to uh, Mims Honda Day, the, you kind of got that that feel of that's what you were looking for. Yeah, uh, so I've always been into cars anyway, but in Hondas um, since I got my car. Uh, 2005. I've probably been into Hondas before that, but um, obviously really picked up once I bought my own Honda. So I always used to be on the forums, you know, Honda Tech and um, those kind of forums and stuff, looking at what the states do. Mm. Um, you guys obviously started to do the tucked bays and shaved engine bays, uh, which really stood out for me. Um, so then I just started to look more and more into it and just looking at pictures online of uh, all sorts of cars in the States. Yeah. Um, just inspiration and uh, just looking at, you know, the stuff you guys are doing. So I've been following it for a really, really long time. Um, it's kind of where I got my inspiration from. Got you. So you um, you usually have people out there as guests. Uh, you call it the, uh, the edition, right? So I was out mm. there as a Downstar edition. Big Mike's been out there plenty of times, Big Mike edition. You've had Rywire out there, Rywire, and then this, this past MIMS, uh, which unfortunately got canceled due to COVID-19, you were going to have Brian yeah. from Hasport. Um, That's right. What were some of the names that you were seeing when you were uh, following the community early on? Um, what? Uh, company-wise or, or uh, people? Yeah, company-wise, you know, um, influencers before they were influencers, people yeah. with nice builds. What What was it that, uh, that you were attracted to? I mean, uh, I used to look at the Hasback crew. They kind of cause... Um, that kind of really stuck out to me. There was a specific white EK hatch 
uh, White Beavis, BBS's Top Fuel BTC Pillar Brace. I remember a specific shoot I used to uh, I saw on Honda Tech, and from then I was just like, right, I need to build a car, something like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's loads of people I used to take inspiration from. Um, Big Mike he used to be one of them. That's that's why I reached out to him initially. Uh, Mike G, his EG. Uh, hey, Mikey's um, Red Red Integra. Yeah. Um, companies wise, obviously, Hasport's been around forever. Um, uh, I was looking obviously at Downstar as well, of course. Um, really, really love after you're doing, yeah. Thank you. Because obviously, you know, with the engine bays and stuff, once that started to pick up, or once I started to look look at that kind of stuff um, uh, from the, from the states, yeah. you know, downstar started to come up everywhere on all the engine bays and stuff like that. So that's where I kind of knew about you. Awesome, man! Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. So, how did you even get a like a? How did you know about the forums? Uh, what Honda Tech or yeah. was that the main one that you won? Was Honda Tech? Uh, Honda Tech was the one I yeah from the states. Um, obviously, I was on all all forums in the UK. Yeah, uh, I used to trade on them as well. Um, I used to have a Honda tuning garage, which we can talk about if you want. Um, so then I used to trade on there. I used to be a uh, part of the community through through various UK forums, and Honda Tech was one of them uh, where I used to get my inspiration from from the states. Got you. Dope, yeah. man. So you say you got your first Honda in 2005. Yeah. So when you got your car in 2005, was it already with the idea that I want to build Hondas or it was just something that you liked that car? Um, well, it's a funny story, actually, because I was so close to buying an Audi. Uh-huh. Uh, A3 1.8 Turbo, I remember it. It was about 240 horsepower. And... Just for some reason, I didn't buy it. Mm -hmm. And then the next car I looked at was the Civic, which I had, which is Civic Jordan. Um, I've always liked Hondas. I've always liked how they rev. Um, that's always something that's really been uh, appealing to me. Gotcha. So before I and then literally I went and saw this this Civic and I, I just I just bought it. And it's a Civic Jordan. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's a limited edition Civic Jordan um, edition. Uh, only 500 made. It's in yellow. Had the yellow, black, and yellow leather interior. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it was. Um, so Eddie Jordan, when he won at Formula One, they made this special edition um, Honda Civic, mm -hmm. and they only made 500 of them with the the Hornet um, emblem on the seats and the floor mats and the back of it. So I bought that, and it was bright yellow. So when I was driving at home. I, I used to. Look, I just looked in the wing mirror and I could see it's just bright yellow. I was like, I've just bought a bright yellow Honda. <laughs> I'm like, what have I done? So yeah. I, obviously, I loved. I loved just the VTEC and all that kind of stuff. So I just kept the car since then. Now, at 2005, what uh, what age were you? Uh, well, I'm 36 now. 36. Okay. 15 years ago. So, what were you driving before that, or you weren't driving yet? Uh, I was driving. I was. I've had my license since I could possibly, uh, you know, the earliest stage I could. Uh -huh. So when I was seventeen, I got my license. I'd be driving. Uh, my brother's brother had a car. He used to take that out. It was a Vauxhall Astra, uh -huh. um, one point six Sport. Um, then I used to drive a Polo and just like other cars, 
just whatever it was I could get my hands on. Perfect. Obviously, when you're young and starting out to drive, you have to buy something with cheap insurance and that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, it was only until I actually had a Citroen Saxo as well at one point. Um, one point one liter, just just with insurance and, and yeah, get some no claims under my under my belt. Dude, so many of these cars I haven't even heard of. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna think. I was thinking you probably don't know any of these cars. <laughs> that yeah. one had a one point one liter. One point one injection. Oh shit, that was probably a beast, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was quick. It was quick for what it was. <laughs> Oh shit! So when you got the Honda, were you into cars, or it was just it was just something for transportation? Um, no, I've always been into cars. Literally, uh, from five, six years old. Really? Like, I, remember, I remember back then I used to go to school with uh, a pencil case, and my parents used to buy me. Um, do you know? Do you know what micro machines are? Yes. yes. Yeah. Hell I used yeah. To have a big, big fence case full of those, and then a small fence case for my my uh, pencils and rubbers <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So, and then I used to um, have toy cars. I used to buy these. Uh, well, my parents used to buy me these uh, model cars where you build yourself. Yeah. Um, used to do that. Used to have like a cabinet full of them. Very cool. Even remote control cars as well. I remember I was like probably eight years old. So you had to build. A, it was electric one. Yeah, you had to build a whole car yourself, and it was just something I'd done on my own. And it, I've always loved cars, always. How did you get into it? How did you figure out that that's what you liked was cars? I don't know. I don't even know. That's how long ago it was. It just I just like cars, you know. And then you know, even when I bought PlayStation, Need for Speed was the first game I'd buy, and I'd have like you know the steering wheel set up, the pedals, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, literally just. Oh, that's all I've ever, I've, ever, I've ever liked is cars. So, dude, I totally forgot about micro machines, man. Yeah, that was a great time, dude. They used to have the game as well on PlayStation. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a cool game. You could drive on the snooker table and <laughs> no way toilet seat and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember the dude from the commercial. He would just talk very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Micro machines, that's dope, man. So you were just yeah. always been into cars. So at a young age, what were some of the cars that you were into? Um, anything really, because what what really got me into modified cars was uh, my brother used to buy magazines called Max Power. Mm -hmm. They were literally at one point the biggest magazine in the UK and probably Europe. Um, and I remember he bought one back. I remember, still remember, it's January nineteen ninety six. And it was a, I think it was a Blitz Toyota Supra on the front cover. And I just opened up the magazine and that was that. From then, I used to buy them every month. Um, not just that, other magazines as well, Fast Car, which is still around. Uh, I just used to look at modified cars every every month. I used to buy the magazines without fail. I've got a massive stack at home. Still? Yeah, still in my, in my cupboard. I haven't got rid of them. Oh, dude, just that's awesome, man. Yeah. So um, at this time, where where did you grow up at? So I've, I've uh, I was born and bred in London, West London. Um, so I've always been in in uh, London. Got you. How was that growing up? What was life like? Yeah, life was good. Um, we were in the west side of London, which supposedly Abwa, I think, is probably the better better side of London. 
uh, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was kind of in a nice area, nice, nice, nice area, and um, yeah, that was it. Really, just used to just uh, hang out and you know go bicycle riding and playing sports in the park and all that kind of stuff. Just normal childhood. Yeah, just normal childhood. But uh, cars was always literally the, the thing which was on top of everything else. Got you. So when you first um, when you first got the car, driving home, realized it was yellow. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, um, then did you start digging into the Honda community and, and getting more involved in it since you had a car? Yeah, straight from then on. I was always on the forums and stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. But um, when I picked up my car, that's when I really got into it. Um, was just on the forums all day and posting um and yeah just just love cars so hondas was um kind of what i got into the most um since i picked mine up so getting this car and knowing that it's a one of 500 did that even register to you or did you just start working on it as soon as you got it yeah just started working on it um just do like you know the intake and that kind of stuff small stuff uh suspension exhaust you know that the small kind of things i could uh, afford at that time yeah um and yeah just started to go to meet and that kind of stuff seeing other people's cars and yeah just really i just really got into it um now yeah. this uh this civic jordan that's a ek right yeah okay so what were some of the um the benefits that this car had versus others besides you know special badging and then the leather interior did it have the same motor yeah it was a b16a2 okay um so it was basically an ek4 okay but it was uh the phoenix yellow color Mm -hmm. it had black and um yellow uh, leather interior with a hornet stitched on the seats yeah uh, floor mats had the hornets um, stitched in as well. Um, that was the only really main thing, and it had Eddie Jordan's had Jordan's signature on the side of the car. Uh-huh. Um, that, that that was the only really main differences. Otherwise, it was a normally K four. And that's the car that you still have to this day. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah I'm got rid of it. I definitely want to get into that build because that build is going to be something special once it comes out. But. We'll, yeah. we'll get to there right now. So when you when you got the Honda, you started going to meets and meeting other people. When did you realize that meets was something that, that really interests you? Um, well, it's ever since I got the car, I've, I was going to meets. And it's just uh, just driving with your mates and other cars and then, you know, parking up, hanging out, checking everyone else's cars, meeting new people. Um, that just was, uh, something I really enjoyed. So I just continued to do it more and more. Now, was there a lot of meets and events out your way? Uh, Honda specific? Or... Yeah. No. Uh, literally, like I said, there was, there was one main big, um, Honda meets mm-hmm. before I started doing MIMS. Uh, it was the Blue Water Shopping Center, um, massive shopping center in the east side of London. And they used to have meets there. Um, and then... The person who organized that, he just stopped doing it. Okay. So then I thought it's perfect uh, time for me to just start something up myself. It started up small, you know, 20, 30 cars, and then it just grew and grew and grew. Um, 
to a point where we it was just too big for the service station we were holding it in. Now, how did you spread the word about your meat? Um, so what happened was I used to have a Honda tuning garage. Um, uh, well, that's another funny story. I, I used to work in a, a market research company where you used to just phone up people and just uh, harass them and ask them just research or trying to sell them something. Yeah. And I was just bored of it. Obviously, it wasn't a proper job. It was just something to get some money by. Yeah. And then uh, my friend, he started up a, a garage. He's always been a really good Honda mechanic. Mm-hmm. He started in, uh, in in Honda dealership working there. So he started up his own garage. Um, and literally, I just, one day I had enough of all this market research job. And then I just phoned him. I said, look, let me join. Uh, you know, I'll do this. I can do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm st- I've just started to do the South Mims Honda events. It's starting to pick up. We can do it in a club collaboration kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, so he said, "All right, cool. We can start doing stuff." And I just from then on, I was just like, I ne- I've never worked anywhere else apart from doing stuff with Hondas. Um, so then I started. Obviously, I started the South Mims events just before I went to the garage. Okay, and, and then. Um, it both both things went hand in hand. They just kind of grew um, at the same time because uh, the garage we actually owned was like at one point was one of the best in the UK. Um, we started to do tucked bays, okay, which no one else in the UK was doing at that time. Wow! Uh, people, yeah, people used to see the pictures online, you know, from the states, and you know, we my friend who's the mechanic. Um, he knew how to do wire tarks and literally everything you can think of with a Honda. So we started to do that and started to promote it very hard in on the forums and online. And in hand, obviously, I was doing the events. So that just they both just grew at the same time. So at this uh, at the shop at the garage that you were working at, um, that's where you would spread the word at. Like, because you guys were known, um, known for having one of the best shops in the UK. Yeah. So, on all, I joined all the forums possible. <laughs> okay, um, got you. Yeah. So, and I used, used 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 to promote stuff on there, post pictures of the work we were doing, um, pictures of you know all the tucked bays, um, and because people used to see the pictures online and just not in real in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just started to gravitate towards the the garage, and you know they were in awe of a wire tuck and shape bays and that kind of stuff. So we kind of brought that into the UK scene at that time because I, I think no one else was really doing it. Yeah. Um, so then that just grew, that just blew up because I was posting it online, pictures on the forums, and then I became traders on these forums as well. Uh, so just word got out that we were obviously doing engines. Um, engine bays and hondas yeah. as well as doing the, the events so it just grew from there so when you decided to quit your uh your job and start working at the garage was that a big decision no because i didn't really want to do market research it wasn't like it was just a job just to get money and what i really wanted to do was something with cars yeah uh, my friend always used to tell me you know you, you should do something with cars you just love cars so and i used to sit there and think well what can i do um, until this opportunity came up and I asked and then it it just um, 
I was part of the garage afterwards. So you if guys you don't you don't ask, you don't get, right? Yeah, no, definitely, man. You gotta put yourself in that position for sure. So yeah. when that what was the the old meat called that you were saying? Uh so South Mims Honda Meat. So South Mims Services was the name of the service station. No, the the one before that, the one that uh the guy stopped doing oh. it? Uh, Blue Water Shop. Blue Water. So did you have any relationship with, with the guy who was throwing it? No, no. So he just he just stopped doing it and you, you saw an opportunity open up? Yeah, he stopped because um, he couldn't be bothered to do it. And gotcha. police presence and that kind of stuff. Um, other people start to do meets there. And then, you know, when you attract loads of other people and people who aren't really enthusiastic, they start to mess up there. Yeah, definitely. Of the venue. So he just stopped doing that. Yeah. So when you started doing it, it was the, the South Mims? Yeah, South Mims on the meat. Okay. So let, let's talk about that. What was what was the thing that made you think like, I can do this? Um, it, I didn't even think it would get this big, to be honest. It was just something... You know, me and my friends, we wanted to go hang out somewhere and I thought, well, let's just call, put the invite out to everyone. And then people started to turn up, 20 cars initially, then 30, then 40, then 50. Mm-hmm. And then um, just started to grow so big, people started to come from abroad. You know, Holland, Belgium, France, Germany, people used to drive over just to park up in the service station, which was just a car park with, you know, food uh, food courts and that kind of stuff. Wow. So to to come from France, they would have to go travel a long way, right? Yeah, they would have to drive. So if you're coming from Holland, for example, you have to drive through Holland, through Belgium, through France, get your car, put it on a train, go through the tunnel, Whoa. and then come out, come out to the UK and then drive to the service station. Wow. So when you started realizing that people were coming from long distances, how did that make you feel? It was good. See, the the thing is, I've never actually... It's only when I sit back and I think, okay, people used to come from far and, you know, this is where it started. Otherwise, it doesn't really cross my mind unless I actually sit back and think about it. Yeah. So I just used to enjoy meeting new people and people from abroad. And, uh, you know, when I go to events in their countries and I can meet them as well. It was just... It was the same as meeting someone from here. It's just they've come from a different country yeah yeah so it's the same so how often was that meet how how often did you guys throw it so that was uh always three times a year okay um so when i turned into a show i just kept that tradition going and um yeah when you first started it it was at the uh service station yeah Right. Okay. Cool. So you're at the service station three times a year having the event. How long did that last for? Um, so that started around 2009. Okay. And then 2014 is when I had to turn it into a full-on car show. And what was the reasoning for that? Um, well, the management said we can't do it there anymore. Um, literally, we took over the entire car park, mm-hmm. uh, the main car park coach area lorry area um just literally took over the entire car park and then people started to complain like there's nowhere to park 
Uh, this is a big, big service station as well. It's on the north of London. Yeah. It's a, we have the M25, which goes around. It's a motorway which goes around the whole of London. Okay. Um, so it's on the main, main roads, uh, motorway. Uh, so it's a big service station and people just couldn't couldn't get in and park up and use the services themselves. So the management told me, you know, you can't do it here anymore. Do you know how many cars that you had there at one time? Um, I don't know the exact number, but if you think of like a, a coach car park, a lorry car park, these are big areas because obviously they're big vehicles, um, as well as the main car park area as well. So you can imagine how, how, how big it is. I guess, I don't know, um, maybe five, six, seven hundreds. I don't know how many exactly, but it was a big service station and it was completely full of wonders. So when they decided that you weren't going to be able to do it there anymore, was it the after the, the event they said, hey, next year you can't do it here? Or how, how much notice did they give you? Well, um, that's a funny story. They, I was... I had literally organized everything. It was probably about a week or so until the actual dates of the event. And then they called me up and said, you know what? You can't do it here. Hmm. It's just not work. And I said to them, look, I've, I've organized everything. I can't stop people turning up. People have, you know, booked train tickets, you know, driven from different countries. I can't just not do it. So we had, you know, going back, back and forth with him for a little bit. Then he said, all right, cool. You can do this last one, but then no more from then on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there was no other option to, apart from to turn into a car show. And what year was this? This was 2014. Okay. 2014. Now you say you usually have three events in the year. Was that the third event, the last event or was it? Um, no, I think it was the second one in. Gotcha. So you still had one more of 2014. Yeah. Got you. So 2014, at the end of 2014, I, I done the first Mims Honda Day. So you get this notice. You you still are able to throw the event there. What is what is your mind like at that time? Are you just thinking, man, this this is over? Were you ready to throw in the towel, or was it just I got to find somewhere no. else? No, it was never. I was never going to throw the towel in. Um, I I just thought, right, it's time to turn into a show. Yeah, you know, because. The problem with service stations and public areas is, you know, you always get people messing around and then you get police presence and then it's just people trying to, you know, do wheel spins and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, not, it wasn't a huge amount, but you always get those people, right? Definitely, yeah. So for me, I find it, I saw it as an opportunity to turn it into a show and um, have a proper venue, you know, with a, with a circuit or a drag strip um, or an indoor area. Yeah. Um, which is what I initially I've always wanted to do that. I always wanted to have one at a drag strip, one at a track, and then one indoor show gotcha. uh, towards, towards the end of the show. So it took me a while to get that into place because, you know, when you're going to these big venues um, and you're saying, I want to do an event, and they're looking at you like, well, what have you done before? Yeah. And you're saying nothing. And, you know, these are big venues. You have big events on, so... It was a bit difficult. It took me time to build up uh, the shows where I can get to a point where I can go to these venues and say, "Look, just give me a date, yeah. um, and then we can uh, can show you, you know, what what kind of event I want to put on." Was anybody helping you with this? 
No, literally on my own. I've been doing this on my own uh, from the start. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, yeah. dude. You're kicking ass, bro. Thanks. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard work. I could tell, man. I've I've been to so many events and, you know, I see the event owners and see what goes on behind the scenes. And I don't know if I would want that stress, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems is like a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. People re um, recognize that as well because, you know, when you have like clubs and club stands, I don't know if you guys have it in the States, but um, you like crews, say. Mm-hmm. They will organize a, a, a club a pitch where they can all park together. Got you. And so, so the person who's organizing that club stand, he, they, they realize how difficult it is just to get 10, 20, 30 cars together. And then, you know, they say to me, how do you do? How do you do it when you're, you know, you have 30 clubs and show and shine and traders and all this kind of stuff. And I was, and the thing is, I love it. So it's not really, it doesn't seem like work to me. Yeah. Just, uh, I love it, so it's not really a big deal like that. I feel you, man. So 2014, two of the three shows are done. You get the news that you got to move. So where did you end up moving the show to uh, in the end of 2014? So there's a venue called North Wields. Um, it's like a runway area with like, um, what do you call it? The, what's it called? Where do you store the planes? Oh, okay, like hangar. The hangars, hangars, sorry, yeah. Um, so there used to be another show there, and uh, I thought it was a good venue, so I went and spoke to them uh, the, and just arranged the next one there. And that was, that was such a big learning curve because I've never done a show in my life. Yeah. You know, obviously, the meet is a meet. People turn up, they park up. I just help direct them where to park. Yeah. But this is like a full-on show. So, um, And I literally turned up on my own and... The management there were like, "Where's your, where's your help, helpers and workers?" And like, uh, I don't have them. And I remember that they said, "You're going to really struggle today." Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was crazy because I was literally running back and forth from the hangars to the ticket gate, and you have to imagine that the ticket gate is halfway across the field and runway. Yeah. So I had to do like literally <laughs> everything myself, running, running around like a headless chicken golly um, man yeah we managed to get through it people enjoyed it uh, it wasn't too much hiccups like in terms of you know the person turning up and coming to the show they they thought it was all great yeah um but for my end it was a big big learning curve so 2015 what was your first show when when does that the first leg usually start um so the first one would be march april time okay uh, then the second one would be sort of July, and then the third one, um, September. I have done a couple of Christmas edition ones in December, mm -hmm. um, which you would think is is a gamble, but people turned up with, uh, in numbers, so nice. supported them. Yeah. So after the the event 2014, what was some of the response that you were getting from it being a meet turning into a, a show? Yeah, loads of people just doubted it. They were like, oh, you know, RIP South Mims and you're never going to do it and mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do this and that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. And I had loads of people saying that kind of stuff. Uh, loads of people tried to stop it. I mean, there's a long story, but some, some guy sent an email to the management of this Northfield 
um, airfields saying, don't let him do it. You know, people are going to just be doing wheel spins and messing around. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it was. A, I don't know why people done that. Uh, still to this day, you know, I don't understand why people were hating like that. Yeah. I, I, it's a weird thing because I don't, I never give people a reason to hate on me. Yeah. You know? It's weird. It's a weird one. And all of a sudden, just these people started to come out. And I'm like, well, why are you hating? Like, yeah. I'm just going to do something good and positive, you know? Wow. And you never found out why? Um, no, I didn't know. find out why. Um, well, I don't know where to go into this, but the person uh, may have been doing events there at that venue oh, before. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. But he... Yeah, it's a, it's a long story, but he, um, uh, you know, I can't really say if it's No him worries, not, no worries. I know it's him. Or <laughs> people so, have said it. The yeah. management said it. Yeah. So coming into, so you end the show 2014. How did you feel after the day was over? Relieved. <laughs> I was just relieved to sit down because I didn't sit down from six in the morning to like six in the evening. Literally, I was just wow. running around. Didn't eat, didn't drink anything. That, that's kind of what happens on most of the events I do. I don't sit down and I don't eat and I don't really even drink water or literally just Red Bulls just to keep me going for, throughout the day. Yeah. So um, after that, you um, what did you have to do in order to prep for 2015? What were some of the, the changes that you made? So the venue changed. Okay. Um, so the first few years, it I was just trying to find. I was. I used to do them at different venues. I didn't have a set venue. Gotcha. Just just to try and keep it fresh for people to, you know, so it's a new venue and people are excited to go see a new venue. That and I just wanted to find a place which was um, ideal to have it permanently at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took me a while to find a good venue like that. Uh, so the second venue um, was actually at Blue Water Shop Shopping Centre, but it was indoors. It was inside the shopping center. Okay. Yeah. So they had a big um, exhibition hall, two floor exhibition hall there. Got you. Which got you. was attached to the actual shopping center. Got you. Yeah. So, so when you when you did that one, did you uh, have people on your staff helping you out? Um, so the only time anyone helps out is on the day, which is maybe uh, people at ticket gate or you know, someone I could trust at the ticket gate or people directing cars. Gotcha. Uh, so right up, up until that day, I do literally everything myself um, to floor plans, the meetings, to uh, literally everything. Wow. it's a lot of work, dude. Yeah, it is. It is. But I enjoy it, though. So, you know, it's not really a, a big thing like that. Yeah. So when did you realize that it was turning into uh, something big? to the uh, largest Honda meet in the UK. When did it start getting uh, towards that? Um, well, like I said, there is no other, there is no other Honda event in the UK. So when it was at, at the service station, it was already the largest Honda meet, not event, but meet. Gotcha. Um, and when it turned into a show, it kind of automatically became the largest Honda event mm-hmm. uh, because no one else was really doing it. It was, you know, you know, when when the point came to change it into a show, I thought about. It, I said, "Well, no one else is doing this. This is a great opportunity to start doing a show and progress the Honda um, scene in the UK." 
Now, at this time, is this your full income doing the events, or were you still working at the uh, the garage? No, the garage um, ended quite a while ago, um, maybe seven, eight years ago, probably. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, this is the full time. Um, just trying to do more and more, and uh, started up Japanese performance show as well. Um, so I sat back and I thought, there's no indoor Japanese car event here. Yeah. Uh, loads of other ones at tracks and drifting and that kind of stuff, but no indoor, just literally show and shine, chill out kind of show for a Japanese uh, cars. So I started that and that picked off, picked up uh, immensely. Now, when did you start that? That uh, year five. We're in year five, 2015. Okay, 2015. So when did it become known as Mims Honda Day? Um, so the the meet was South Mims Honda Meet. Okay. Uh, everyone used to know it as Mims. They used to just call it as Mims instead of South Mims Honda Meet. Um, so then that point, I thought, well, there's no point in me trying to change the name and start something new where people don't know the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I, instead of South Mims Honda Meet, I changed it to just Mims and Mims Honda Day. Um, as people used to just call it MIMS anyway, so that's where it, it came from. What does MIMS mean? It's just the name of the service station, South MIMS uh, service station, and MIMS is just the word which is in in the in the, the name of the services. So, so it's just a, just a name, MIMS. Yeah, it's just um, the name of the service station, South gotcha. MIMS. Gotcha. Yeah. So come 2015, you realized that you can do Mims Honda Day and you wanted to add on the, the Japanese indoor show? Um, yeah. So I thought uh, there is no indoor Japanese car event. Um, so many really, really nice Japanese cars in the UK. Mm-hmm. Really good quality ones. You know, perfect, perfect time to showcase them off and just, you know, have an indoor exhibition or solely for Japanese cars. Yeah. Um, so I started that up, uh, first year was, was decent, good turnout. Um, second year just got even bigger. Third year just got massive, um, six, seven, 800 cars. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's become one of the, um, the premier sort of Japanese car events in the UK, um, solely by the quality of the cars. Do you screen the cars before they come in? Yeah, so anyone who's going inside the uh, the main exhibition hall, uh, I, they have to send me an email with specs and pictures, mm-hmm. and I choose which ones um, are you know decent quality, well, which are the best quality. Um, that's the main uh, main thing for the show is the quality. People and um, people recognize that. Now, at this time, when you have the two events going on, what is it like on the forum since everybody just knows you from the uh, the service station meets and now you mm. have two of the, the premier uh, events going on? Did the um, did the confidence change in, that people had in you? Um, yeah, I mean, people supported me always because you know, I was always in the community. People, I used to go to the events, I used to mingle with people, you know, speak to people about their cars. So people kind of knew me from there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when they realize that I'm doing something positive here, I'm just trying to get people to come together. You know, the cars is the second second thing or out of it. Um, people just carried on supporting and, 
you know, I'm not here to rip anyone off. I'm just here to host an event and have people come together, which everyone, you know, all Honda enthusiasts love. So they kind of had respect in that way. Did you have a nickname in the streets? Dav. <laughs> That's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Loads of people just started calling Dav. I was like, all right, cool. Might as well. <laughs> so what did you go by before? Your full name? No. Um, I've got my other mates used to call me different names and they used to call me Dave. Dave was one of them. Don was one of them. So like just anything that started with a D? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, and then Dav was uh, just obviously short of my name. So I thought, okay, people used to call me it. It's yeah. cool. I'm cool with that. Dav, that's a cool name, dude. Dav, yeah. Dav the Toretto of the UK. <laughs> wouldn't, cool. wouldn't say that. Cool. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm saying it. <laughs> But that's cool, though, man. That's really cool that you took things into your own hands. That's one thing that I really like to highlight on the podcast is mm. people people kind of paint the picture in their head of throwing an event, having their own business, building a car, whatever it is, and they see the end goal. You know, they see yeah. Mims Honda Day hosted by Hasport, which is one of the biggest companies in our community, and in their mind, they're thinking, wow. To, yeah. For that event to be able to have Hasport there, you know, and to have Big Mike, Rywire, myself, have us out there, mm. I could never do something like that. But then, you know, once you break it down, break down the ingredients to what actually goes into it, these goals seem a lot more attainable mm. than than just looking at the end result, you know, seeing what hard work it takes you know you start from the beginning you realize you have a passion for something and you just build and build and build and you put in that hard work and you know fast forward 2020 and yeah i i've never even heard of any other events out that way besides mims oh really yeah definitely. that's good to hear good to hear it's, it's weird as well because you do your stuff online and on social media and you know people judge things by how many likes you have or yeah. comments and that kind of stuff but the actual amount of people it reaches, even if they haven't liked it or commented, it's, it's crazy because there's people on my Facebook who come up to, you know, I won't see them for ages, and then they come up to them and they, they say to me, oh, yeah, I see your posts all the time on Facebook. <laughs> but I don't even know you on my Facebook, you know. I, I don't how, So it works. It works, you know. People yeah. see, you'll see what you're doing. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back in one minute. We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at, but when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit HeelToeAuto.com. Since 2002, Heeltoe has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002. It's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Hilto's professionalism. Hilto even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HiltoAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Hilto Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, 
hats lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show do you ever want to tell them realize the amount of people actually here. do you ever want to tell them well why don't you ever say anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's true I'm going to say that for the next time. All the time on the podcast, dude. Every time since we've been doing the podcast, I'll go to an event or SEMA or something like that. Man, so many people come to me about the podcast and they'll talk to me about it. And I'm just thinking like, man, I appreciate it. But if you were just to share that with somebody else, this would help things grow so much more. I I get what you mean, dude. Sometimes I'll put something up on the, the podcast, Instagram or whatever. You get like 30, 40 likes. I'm yeah. like, shit, dude, what am I doing? Yeah. Is it is it working? Yeah. But then it makes you realize that that isn't reality. The likes, the yeah. comments, all that yeah. kind of accolade. It's not really reality because you still have people mm-hmm. listening to the podcast. You still have yeah. people coming out to the event. It keeps getting bigger and bigger each year, which that's yeah. the real metrics of it all. You know? Yeah. It's crazy as well because I'm always... some. I'm always kind of not nervous, but, you know, just, you know, anxious to see if people turn up and, and then when they do, you think, oh, okay, I must be doing something right. You know, yeah. people know about it and they're turning up, they're willing to come back to the event as well, which is, you know, a really big thing for me, the support which I get for the events. It's really, that's what means a lot to me more than anything else. Yeah. Because, you know, without those people turning up, there is no event. Definitely. There is no means, you know, there's no me kind of thing. So, the support i really appreciate the people who support the event yeah no definitely man so let's go ahead and fast forward the show's a success everything's going good when did you decide to start having a guest host or um you know people showing up to the event that um you would put on the flyer and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i don't know it was just something i thought well what can i do differently to all these other shows because i for me, I hate to be the same as everyone else, mm-hmm. whether it's myself or with my car or anything uh, like that. So I was always thinking, what can I do different? That's why I thought Mim's only a Honda event and Jack performance show is the only indoor Jack. I want to be different. I don't want to just follow the crowd. So uh, so I was, I, you know, I sat back and thought, what can I do to, you know, pro- promote the, um, the event and just the profile of the event? Yeah. Um, and what can I give back to the communities so they can enjoy the event, you know, more yeah. than say, say the next event. So um, I then obviously looked into the towards the states as I've always been doing since from day one, uh, and I was thinking, well, who can I bring over? You know, people who would appreciate they, you know. Um, and then I was on Big Mike's live, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, let me just mention this to him, you know. And then he was like. Okay, send me a message. So I sent him a message, and he yeah. was like, "Let's." Do it. And I was like, "It's cool. Let's do it." You know, it's <laughs> made it happen. What year was like this? I said, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. What year was this at? Um, twenty-one. I think the year before you came. So you came twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Seventeen. Seventeen. So yeah, twenty seventeen. I think was the first year he came. No, I came 27, so it had to be 16 yeah. then. Okay, then 2016, yeah. Got you. Man, you hit you the were, ground running, yeah, dude. Uh, what's that? You hit the ground running from 2014 
and then 2017 in that in that short of amount of time you're already flying out guests dude that's awesome yeah yeah uh, it's just something to give back to the people yeah who come and support yeah so you reached out to big mike um you guys settled out with with the plans for everything um how was that experience for you yeah it was really good um it was good for him to come out and for us to hang out and more like i said before more so just to hang out and make a new friend and mm-hmm. connection and that kind of stuff more so um than anything else yeah and we've become good friends now since then just same with you and yeah. ryan um and it's just great it's great i would never ever thought i'd be doing these kind of things and you know, having you out there and, yeah. you know, Mike and Ryan and Hasport, you know, you know, I, ever since a kid, I've been looking at Hasport engine mounts, my, you know, since I've been in the game. So to have and sp- actually speak to someone, you know, like Brian is just like out of this world for me, really. Yeah. But that's cool, though, man. You took those chances yeah. and those risks and you made it happen. And seeing yeah. things like that, that's uh, that's really attractive to uh, to somebody like us because we see that you're putting in the work and we know that just to get to the point that we're at, that's what it takes. Mm. And to see somebody else yeah. putting in that work, being so motivated to want to make things happen, um, it, it makes you want to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. It's weird though because I don't actually think about, like I said earlier, I don't think about that. I just do what I I think is best. And it's good to see that, you know, people like you and uh, people in the States can take notice of what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just a regular person doing what I love. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that, that usually happens to a lot of people with that, that mentality is they don't understand because it's just second nature to them. Yeah. But then when you start realizing that your peers aren't doing the same thing or Mm. you're kind of like, alone in some of your thoughts like trying to make things better trying to build and then you know you kind of tell these these ideas to friends and such and it kind of just doesn't register to them yeah Uh, Yeah. so when you started growing did you did you notice that your drive was different from other people yeah i did actually um not to be like big-headed or anything it's just i used to look at my friends and see what they're doing I used to tell them, you know, my my uh, my plans, and you know they were supportive. They didn't they didn't try and knock me or anything like that. They just didn't really get it because yeah. they're not into the cars as much as I am. Um, but you know, the people around me didn't really have that kind of drive. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we shall see in you and you know Ryan and Mike and you know all the people who are actually doing big things in the in the community. So until I saw those people, you know, I used to just think I was kind of on my own. Yeah. So it was quite refreshing to have you, you, you guys over for the event. It really kind of put motivation into me. Yeah. Hey, so it was likewise, good. dude. You know, it's good. it's rare to be invited to an event in the States, you know, mm. as, as far as to come out as a guest and instead of coming out and selling and things like that to be an actual part of the event that's i mean for me that's rare you know mike does that a lot more than i do but when you reached out to me to do that dude that made me feel so special it made me feel like i was on the right track you know to be able to get the attention from somebody um 
halfway across the world you know it's probably not that far but i'm gonna say that halfway across the world <laughs> it is pretty much, it is halfway across the world it's a distance man yeah that that was yeah. a flight for sure but <laughs> just to have you reach out and to show interest that that made me feel so good man and i i, I, I appreciate that no no thanks thanks for coming out and you know helping out with the events and just promoting it and stuff so I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, definitely. So when Mike came out, what was the response like from the uh, the attendees? Uh, people loved it. They were like, "Oh, big, big Mike's out here," you know. And like, I'm like, "Yeah, you know." Just I just asked, and he came out. So uh, people loved it. People still love coming to the events. You know, when you came and Ryan and people were really looking forward to the Hasport one as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to carry on doing doing that. You know, bringing bringing people together and from across the world yeah do you have uh names in mind that you want to bring out yeah i do have quite a few um so i've spoken to the the owner of jay's racing oh wow uh, yeah so he want he was planning to come out in july to the next one wow uh, people no one really knows that because it wasn't confirmed yeah um but obviously now this Corona stuff's happened. I don't know what's going to happen. But he's definitely up for coming to one of the events. Very cool. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few people. I want to. I want to see if I can get over. You know, hybrid racing. Yeah. Uh, uh, quite a few people. Honda Pro Jason wants to come out as well. Need to get him out there. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, I've met him a few times at uh, different events and stuff. Uh, we've hung out so. He wants to come out. Um, quite a few other people. I've got like a list on my phone. Damn, you can make it happen, bro, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anybody's listening and you're thinking about going, when I went, it was such a great time, bro. We had yeah. so much fun, dude. So much fun, man. Yeah, we were just. Yeah. Uh, I I love that downtown area of London. Just going out there, hanging out, seeing all the the clubs and you know the the eateries mm. and the uh, the architecture and the the cars there you know there's a lot of the uh, a lot yeah. of different cars more than yeah. cars that i that i'm familiar with it's it's things are very different over there but i loved it man mm-hmm. I, I never thought you know a guy coming from oxnard i never thought that i'd be out in london <laughs> yeah. for work dude but yeah yeah no it was good it was a really good time enjoyed it that and yeah. uh one thing that you introduced me to was the um was nando's okay yeah <laughs> with Nando's, the, the yeah. Peri, peri, peri peri chicken yeah yeah and uh when when i left over there i took a lot of the um the the sauce packets and i put yeah, them yeah. put them on my luggage took them home and then yeah. uh do you guys have uh el pollo loco out there okay no. well el pollo loco is basically just like a fast food chicken place they do like grilled chicken so okay. I would uh I would go and just get a meal from from El Pollo Loco and then I would get the the Nando's the peri peri yeah. sauce put it on there I'm yeah. like oh my god this is so good and then I so gave some next, next time you come I'll get you a, a proper big packet of it oh from, uh, yeah from the from the what's it Asda you remember Asda yeah yeah the the Walmart place your Walmart <laughs> yeah well I I gave some to my wife and she loved it too and she ended up finding it I I think on Amazon and now we have it all the time dude oh okay. yeah she'll, <laughs> she'll actually cook the chicken and marinate it in the sauce and stuff okay. it's so good man and, and yeah. what's funny about that is I bring up Nando's to anybody that I've ever talked to that that's been out to the UK or to to London and mm. same thing bro everybody loves it over there yeah 
everyone here loves Nando's as well. It's a bit overpriced. Yeah. And it's just chicken, really. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have their swag on it. So yeah. Now, now this this drive that you had was that more towards something that you were interested in, like cars, or is that something that you've always known that you've had inside of yourself? What's that? The drive for yeah, the the drive to to like succeed and the drive to want more and to progress. Um, no, I've never really had that those thoughts. Like I said to you, I don't really. It's only until I sit back and I think what what I've achieved so far, when I think okay, I've come I've come a certain distance. Yeah, but it's never been like it, it started to grow more and more when I realised what I was doing. And when I looked at, you know, other people like yourself and, and you know, Mike and Ryan and all those other people and Passport, then I started to feel that drive more and more. Yeah. You know, then I started to look at videos, motivational videos, and just to help me keep that motivation going. I mean, the motivation for doing events and cars is never, ever going to go. It's always going to be there for me. But yeah. um but just to have people who are motivated around me, you know, like yourself, you know, when you came over, I was, I was just, I was like super, mo- more super motivated when you were there and then when you left. Really? Um, yeah, just to see the kind of stuff you do and, you know, how hard you work and, you know, how many, uh, how many things you're doing in, in the community is just, uh, it's motivating to me. So the more I look at those kind of things, the more motivated I, and drive I do get. Yeah, dude, likewise, man. You know, uh, we had a, a really good conversation that one night after the event. And yeah. um, it just made me feel like there are certain things that I didn't need to worry about and yeah. certain things that I I needed to focus more on, you know. And yeah. and yeah. It, it really took a perspective from somebody like yourself halfway across the world just observing things and and seeing seeing what we have and what we've built from the outside looking in and getting your perspective on it and it really yeah. helped me make the changes that I feel that I needed to make to put me into the place that we're at now yeah i mean i i um not that social media is a place to look at someone but i i from from that kind of point onwards i did notice a change in just like it's maybe your posts, I don't know. It's like I said, it's not you can't really judge on them on posts, but because of your stories and you know how you are and that kind of stuff, I kind of saw some sort of change. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know you that well enough to know how you know how much of a change and that kind of stuff. But I saw you more happier afterwards. Definitely. Definitely, man. And it, you really did help out with that, bro, because just having that perspective from somebody else that, you know, I've recently met, haven't had that many conversations with, but just to mm. be able to sit and have an honest conversation really helped me yeah. evaluate things of what's important and what's really not that important and mm. kind of the uh, the influence that we do have and you know where where the importance should be focused with that influence rather than somewhere else, and and I thank you for that a lot, Dad. For no, real, man. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, I can do something without even knowing just by having a conversation. You know, so I'm glad. I'm glad it helped you. And uh, even though I don't know how it done, <laughs> I just I just spoke to you. You know, and listened. I was just there. I'm a good listener, so 
I just listened to what you were saying and gave you my honest opinion. You know, I don't have any reason to say something wrong to you or yeah. try and direct you in the wrong direction. So I'm glad it helped. And yeah, and I appreciate to it. having those conversations with somebody who isn't biased, somebody who doesn't have a dog in the race, somebody who's just yeah. listening, man, mm. that's that's as close to a therapist as possible. <laughs> You know, sometimes yeah. you want to have those conversations, but you don't want to open up to people that know yeah. you, know certain situations, mm -hmm. know what's going on, because then you don't know if they're giving you the the right bad. information, yeah. good information, yeah. bad or what have you. You know, me, yeah. I'm, my defenses are always up. Um, my yeah. my antennas are always up. I'm always wondering what angle is this person coming at? What why is this person saying that? But when you talk to those certain type of people like yourself and you understand that it's like, yo, this dude really doesn't care about any of that shit. His, his intentions are pure and he's just here to hang out. We just had a great time mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. it's awesome, man. And I, I can genuinely say that, that I have a friend in you out there and, yeah. it, and it's, it's refreshing, man. And I, I really appreciate that. No, I appreciate you opening up and talking about it. So, and I'm just glad it's helped you in whatever way it has. Yeah, no, definitely, man. So yeah. let's let's kind of get into the uh, the elephant in the room right now. Uh, COVID nineteen that's going around. Uh, Mims, mm -hmm. Mims, and the the Japanese show being your um, your main source of income. How has this time affected you personally? So the, the event has been cancelled, as you know. Um, Luckily, the support from the people—they they most of the people said, "Look, we'll just roll over the tickets and all the trade pitches and club oh, cool, pitches cool, for the next cool. one." Uh, obviously, a few people wanted refund, which is you know I have to just honour and give it to them. Uh, but most people support me. Uh, it's see the thing is with the Mims events is the people, you know, when you're having a big event, people don't really know the organisers. They don't know, you know, and the organisers are not necessarily there just to have a good time and put on a good show is more towards money, right? Definitely. Uh, so the people who come to these events, they don't know who's organizing it. They just know that they need to turn up here and pay their money. Yeah. But with me, because I'm in the community, I've been in the community, I treat it as a community event. Mm -hmm. um, the support is, is different to just like a, a regular old show. Yes. So, so from that, the people um, support me more than, you know, yeah, as a show. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Really, really appreciate it. So these people didn't want a refund. They said, look, I'm going it's not gonna be the last memes I come to. So keep my keep the ticket money if it helps you. Um just in terms of having you know, going through the tedious um job of refunding everyone and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so the support has been there for the event, even mm -hmm. though it's been cancelled. Um but uh yeah I mean the next event, we have to see how it goes, really. Yeah. It's, we come out of this uh, sooner than later, then everything's back up and up and running. So um, just have to see how it goes in the next month or so. So what are things looking like? Um, wasn't the UK kind of on the late train with everything? Um, they still are, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I mean, they've done the lockdown, but people are still going out and doing whatever they want. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who are listening and staying in, um, but then you get people who aren't. who are just going to the beach and going mm. here and everywhere. 
so, they, so, oh go ahead i'm sorry so yeah they haven't really done like an official lockdown where you know the military out and making sure people aren't going they, it's just they've said to people don't go out and people are still doing it so it's not official lockdown what about businesses but yeah businesses are locked down okay yeah businesses are locked down um food you can't go in and sit down you can only do takeaways or deliveries got you got you okay that's pretty much what we're on now yeah yeah are people listening there though um i mean i guess it depends on which part of the country you're in yeah you know i yeah. can only speak for what what i'm familiar with and just traveling from here to LA, I can notice a huge difference. The freeways aren't as busy. Mm. Obviously, you know, a lot of businesses are closed. Um, same thing with if the restaurant is open, they're they're doing takeout only, you know, everything else that's not essential is closed down. Um, okay. But we don't have any military or anything like that patrolling the streets. There's no curfew mm. yet. And two, I'm not sure if it's going to – if we've already peaked here. I really think that we have here in California. Um, this is going to be the conspiracy side of me. I think that, yeah. that that wave already hit us in January and February went before it was even the, the COVID-19. Um, mm. There were so many people along with myself, my whole family, my employees, friends – that we were all extremely sick and yeah. um when i know personally my wife and my son we went to the doctor to urgent care and it wasn't the flu and they said that it was a respiratory infection just stay okay. home take vitamin c and that's it so there's millions of people here in the uk same thing same thing even my missus had it um and it lasted for like three weeks and yeah it went away Came back the following week um so yeah i think we've definitely had it here way before it's been documented um plus the figures which they are releasing i don't think are at all accurate yeah so who knows you know people have might half the planet might may have already had it and they didn't know yeah definitely and it's just i've been watching this from the start of things when it first started in in china and mm. when when that news started coming out, it had already been out even earlier than that in China. But you've yeah. seen the, the videos of the people dead on the streets and, mm. you know, the whole entire city on, like, lockdown, lockdown. China can lock their stuff yeah. down, no problem. And yeah. um, when I saw that happening, I kind of, I kind of had a feeling like, man this could be something that could affect us but i don't know how you feel about in the uk but how i feel as being an american is that nothing bad is ever really going to happen to us it's kind of yeah. that it's kind of that like ignorance that americans have you know just yeah. because we've never really experienced anything severe happen here Minus like nine eleven, which was extreme tragedy that that not only changed the U.S. but it changed the entire world. But yeah, since then the only thing that we've had to deal with is, um, I mean our own issues. 
you know, yeah. with with racism, terrorism, and things like that. Domestic terrorism, which it never gets put off like that. But we've only had to worry about our own things here. So when I see things happening in China, it, it clicked in my head. There's the side of me that's like, ah, that's yeah. over there. All the way over there. Until yeah. they showed videos of Wuhan, China. Because when you think China, there's a disease spreading, you kind of think like, the 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 less fortunate areas the yeah. third world sides but then when mm. you see wuhan china and they have like skyscrapers all around then it kind of clicked yeah. in my head like whoa this this can kind of turn yeah. into something man so what is your idea of everything that's going on right now how how do you feel about it uh it is what it is you know you just have to take it and just try and keep positive and yeah just understand that it's not going to be forever. Yeah. So, you know, people complain I have to stay indoors and I'm bored and that <laughs> kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you've got Netflix with, and like, you got your internet at your hands and you could do whatever you want to do, really. Yeah. If imagine if you was like 20 years ago and there's no social media and imagine if you're in a bunker and there's a war going on, like you know, you, exactly. you wouldn't have all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, you just have to be positive and just try and uh try and follow the rules as well as possible yeah and you know just wait till it passes i mean there will be a vaccine sooner or later yeah it's a matter of time so you just have to wait it out yeah I definitely think. so what have you been doing with this newfound free time uh i've just been being a bit more active on social media doing more live feeds and stuff like that um just, you, you uh, actually, but not to cut you off, but you just brought up the good point about the live feeds. You actually started a, a, an Instagram live yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called Mims Talk. It's just um, just live feeds joining in with people. We've had we had Hasport on on the day where Mims was going to happen. Um, Brian Gillespie, we had on Big Mike. We've had on Ryan uh, from Rywi. We had on yesterday. Nice. Yeah, and we're gonna have you on as well. Yeah, um, this week if possible. So definitely. Yeah, I just want to keep it um, keep it active and just speak to people across the world. And you know, we have this technology where we can do all that, so you might as well use it. Yeah. So, are you doing it at a specific day and time, or is it just when whenever you have time? Um, it's it's gonna be every it's every Sunday at nine p.m. UK time. Cool. Uh, for, for people who can't really do the Sundays, um, it's going to be during the weekdays. Uh -huh. um, I want it, I want it to be so it's not just talking to people, but we can see people's shops or cars or builds. Yes. Uh, so we can all watch, you know, have, have a look at that as well. Um, so, yeah, just whenever people are free, I'm trying to do it every Sunday. Very um, cool. Yeah. Are you but, recording uh, them? Um. Well, my Instagram is mess is playing up. It's not allowing me to save the um, the live feeds for some reason onto my phone. Is it? It's, have you it, updated it? Yeah, I'd updated it yesterday afterwards, but it's weird because when I go live by myself and I end it, I can save it. If I go live with someone else, it doesn't give me the option to save it once I end the live. Really? So, yeah, I've uh, I've updated Instagram. Um. I'm pretty sure it was updated, but I just updated it yesterday. Maybe a new update, which I haven't done, but wow. hopefully it works. I never hopefully heard that. 
But yeah, that would definitely be cool, man. To put that up on your uh, YouTube channel or something. Do you have a YouTube yeah. channel? Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel, yeah. What is that? Uh, just Mims Honda Day. Mims Honda Day. Cool, cool, yeah, man. Cool. The official videos on there. Awesome. Uh, your one's on there as well. Very uh, the cool. The Downstar Edition and also your um, vlog from when you came as well is, is up there. Yeah, dude, that was such a great time, man. I, I was yeah, looking right. forward to coming out this year, too. Yeah. I, I wanted to come out again. Hopefully everything ends, man. Hopefully it ends quick, and then we can come out to the later event. Yeah, definitely, man. We need to do it again. For if, sure, we can. If you think yeah. about things, if they came out with a vaccine or something that cured it within a relatively quick time, we can snap back into normal very quickly yeah i think yeah, so can. that's only i think with the vaccine i feel yes you know without that it's it's gonna be you won't be able to go back to normal as such you know it's gonna take a while for it to clear out by itself yeah no i i feel that if something comes and it cures it up like a vaccine mm. i think we could snap back into normal but yeah yeah the, the further we keep going away from it and, and staying away and the economy just going to shit. Mm. I think we're going to have a new normal. Just like I said, after nine 11, it's life. Is, yeah. Life has been completely different since then. Yeah. I think the same for this as well. Yeah. So, you, so with your, with your downtime, you've started uh Mims talk. Um, what other things have you been working on? Um, not much to be honest been uh kind of lazing it around for about you know a couple of weeks or whatever but just getting my thoughts together just seeing what what more i can do for the events and myself yeah um you know sometimes you have to sit back and think before you can act upon upon it so i've been doing that uh, i've made lists of you know things i want to do because when i had the garage i used to um, sell aftermarket parts as well yeah and then we used to fit them in the garage so I used to have a oh I still have a um, a parts company mm -hmm. called EHM Parts yeah uh, which kind of went on the back foot from when I started to do the events as a full time show uh, so I want to bring that back out um, and you know start to sell more and more parts um, the thing is I want to I want to get these parts on my car mm -hmm. and then obviously the the car can help promote the events and my company and the parts on the car as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously Downstar being one of them. Thank um, you. I know we spoke about it. Yeah. 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 Whenever you're ready, uh, you let me know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, my bill was taking a lot longer than it, than it expected. Um, which is cool. Cause I, obviously I want to do it right the first time. Um, but you know, I want to get these parts on my car and then, and then push the uh, parts company as well. Got you. So let's go ahead and dive into the build, man. I'm super excited about that. So it's the same car, the 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 Honda Jordan, um, yeah. That that you first started off with. Um, yeah. How many how many stages did the car go through before you decided that man? This is, I, I want to break this down and and start from the ground up. So this would be the third edition. Got you. Uh, so I've had like various magazine features in different forms of the car, um, all of them front cover features as well. Sick. Yeah. So this is the third edition I'm going to be going on to. Um, like when I saw Big Mike's car and Ryan's Integra, 
I was like, right, I need to do, I need to up my game and yeah. just, I want to build something that people can look at and, and think, you know, you know what, I can build something with patience and, you know, a bit of time and obviously money, but money isn't really the main factor. It's more patience yeah. because, you know, we're, I've been collecting parts for my car since 2015. My car has been off road since then as well. Mm. I haven't driven my car within within five years. Oh shit! Yeah, and I've been collecting parts along that time. Wow! So it's not a matter of how much money you have. It's like obviously I've saved up and bought, uh, you know, the parts I want, whether it's expensive or or not. Um, so I want people to realize that with my build as well, that anyone could build something with a bit of patience. Yeah. Uh, don't just cheap out on a cheaper part just because you can get it quicker. Um, so I really want to kind of push that message across with my build. Um, so what I've what I'm doing is I'm tearing the car down completely. Um, I've seen Mike's and Ryan's car, um, trying to build something on that kind of caliber where gotcha. it's everything is brand new. Literally everything's brand new on the car. Very cool, dude. So what step yeah. are you at now? So the car's been painted. I put the cage in. I've smoothed the engine bay again. Uh, it was smoothed before on the version two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've smoothed in the interior as well. Mm-hmm. So all the brackets, all the holes on the interior, it's stripped out on the back. Uh, all the drain plugs and like the holes in the footwell, yeah. all of them been welded and smoothed. Very cool. And it's been sprayed inside out um, with uh, loads of different like body body parts. Um, uh, side skirts, front end, and that kind of stuff. Got you. Engine gearbox is getting fully rebuilt from ground up. Uh, new turbo kit, new turbo, new clutch. Um, everything, everything's brand new. Literally everything. So, what is your idea of this build? What what category are you gonna put it in once it's finished? Is it gonna be a, like a show car, race car, show race? Um, it's going to be everything. The main thing I wanted was for it to be able, for me to be able to drive it on the road. Mm-hmm. So it had to be road legal, um, had to be show quality, uh, had to have enough power for me to race it on strip and on the track, yeah. which I'm going to be doing. Uh, so it's literally it's a, it's a, it's everything. It's not just one thing. So I'm building the car and using the car as I want it. Yeah. Not how people think you should want you should use the car yeah definitely yeah that's why i that build you done with with the um, heavy in the streets build yeah i thought that that you know some of the stuff might not be to everyone's taste but the you know the the idea behind what how you built it and why you built it it was something which i really thought was was great Thank you, man. I appreciate it yeah, yeah I had to tap into um every part of my uh my love for cars from when I was a child to now or to when, when we built the car and that's what I wanted to do. You know, you build the car that everybody is going to love, like, like my right hand drive, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, even people that don't like cars can admire that car because it just doesn't even look like it drives. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to look at the engine bay, you don't even have to know about cars. It's like, uh, this doesn't look like enough. (laughs) <laughs> to make this car drive you know it was it was pleasing yeah. to everybody which was cool yeah but it didn't it didn't really excite the child 
inside of me you know so yeah. then when when yeah. i got that chance to um to have the freedom with another build so you know what i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want to do which you know everybody mm. says that you know that's what you should do yeah which is true but it's really hard to do that sometimes you yeah you have to put up with a lot of criticism and mm. you know it some people are born with being able to put up with criticism and some people yeah. have to learn how to put up with it. And that was something that I knew I had to, I had to take emotion away from things and I had to put myself in a situation where people were going to be critical about mm. one of my builds. And I think that that build definitely helped me get to the next step in, in my growth as a person, because I had to put up with so many, um, so many opinions from people that they just didn't like the car and not only random people hating online like really close friends of mine said yo that, it looks like mm. shit you know and it's yeah. like, to have friends tell you that if <laughs> if you don't have thick skin that could be like hey fuck you dude you know but yeah. even yeah. friends like like rywire told me dude that car looks like shit you know and i was like ah it's not for you you know yeah. but it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you should always build a car for yourself. Yeah, you should never build it because then you would never be satisfied with the car, and you know you'd build it quickly, and you know you'd skimp on parts and Definitely. that kind of stuff. So you should always build it for yourself, and if people like it, then that's great. If they don't, then whatever. Nice. Yeah. No. Definitely, man. And um, it's easier said than done. For sure. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it took yeah. me it took me a lot of growth to be able to realize that, you know, starting off wanting to win shows, trying mm. to see who the cars are that are winning shows, see what I can emulate from them and, you know, doing things that maybe I I didn't want to do inside, you know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it takes a lot of growth. And, and for you to be able to build a car from the ground up how you want it to that's that's awesome man for sure yeah yeah i'm not too fussed about what people think of the car people i know some people won't like certain parts of it and but the, the thing is it's not for them yeah you know it's for me yeah it's what i want what i enjoy what i like so that's what i'm gonna do you know i i kept the sun i put a cage in my car with and i kept the sunroof for example and it was like well why have you got a sunroof and you've got a cage in the car if you're gonna track it or whatever i'm like because that's what I want. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I want some creature comforts. I'm gonna drive the car on the roads as well. You know, I'm gonna drive on the track. I'm gonna do whatever I want to do with the car. You know, you don't tell me what to do with my car. Yeah. Just because I put a cage on it, even if I don't drive on the track, it's not none. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. To be honest, it's what <laughs> I want. So that's how i'm building the car yeah it, with the heavy in the streets eg i don't think anybody even noticed but that cage that was in there was for a right hand drive car oh is it <laughs> but it's all good dude <laughs> okay. um so do you do you want to go to any into any specifics of the build or do you want to leave that up to uh suspense um i've pretty much uh documented everything apart from one thing which is uh, the front end of the car. Got you, got you. Um, I did want to just save that until I revealed it, just so people it throws people off and yeah. But um, I have posted. Big Mike posted a picture because he came when he came over. He came to see the car and he took a photo and he posted it. And then 
I reposted it just so it's on a story and, you know, only specific people can see it if they look at my story. So, um, but apart from that, everything else we've got, um, everything's brand new, Bellac Industry Wheels, um, what else? All Engines, all brand new, um, got a Sheepy Race Turbo Manifolds. Nice. Uh, I, had one, I had one on the previous edition of the yeah. car I've got a little one now. Um, Skunk 2 center feeds on a B-Series. I haven't really seen that on anyone else's car. Oh, wow, on a B-Series. Oh, yeah, cool. B-series. Very cool. Uh, have you ever seen those? Not that I can recall. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so Skunk 2 don't do a center feed for a B-Series, uh-huh. um, which I've never seen on a car, so I'm excited for that. I'm going to... I'm going to have uh, the up pipes from the exhaust going mm-hmm. up through the bonnet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see if I can route the uh, intercooler piping underneath. Very cool. And go straight up into into the uh, yes, throttle yes. And everything, all the throttle cable and injectors and fuel rail is going to be underneath. Yeah. It's going to look a lot more tucked and on a, on a turbo as well, especially a turbo build. Yeah. Where you have to have, you know specific things in in places i'm going to try and talk as much as we, as possible nice um so yeah really looking forward to see how that turns out so, uh interior wise just going to be um retrimmed everything suede mm-hmm. no carpets going to have door cards dash center center console gotcha uh all all trimmed black suede so what happened to the the stock interior um i've got rid of it now oh really so, yeah, oh, I kept shit. the seats. I had the seats and everything because um, they're limited edition, and I've still got the carpets which I'm going to use. Yeah, um, but the seats were just taking up too much space in my garage. Just like just get rid of them. So, so is there going to be any signage on the car to to represent that it's a Jordan? Yeah. So in the center center console, they've got a plaque. Cool. Which uh, has the number and then the Eddie Jordan signature. Uh, that's still going to be there. That's probably the only thing which is going to be there. Um, and the floor mats, which I may put in just um, when I'm driving it, you know, regularly down the road or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've got the logo on the floor oh, mats. Oh, cool. I got to look that up, man. I've never seen that before. That sounds cool. Yeah. Have a look. Not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. I think it's only in the UK it was it was sold. Yeah. And it's only 500 of them. So yeah. Very cool. Have you seen any other ones in, in person? Uh, yeah, I used to see them on roads driving by. I was like, oh, Jordan. <laughs> and I'm like, like, yeah, you know about the Jordan. <laughs> and the, Just the color? Is that what gives it away? The color and it has um, the Hornet logo or badge on the back. Uh-huh. That's what's stitched on the leather interior as well. So um, where the back, where the, the H would be? Not where the H is, where, where it would say 1.6. Got you, got you, got you. The bar yeah, uh, the badge, and then it's got the signature on the rear quarter. Nice. On the bottom, bottom yeah. of the rear quarter. Yeah. Very cool, dude. So, when do you tentatively plan on having this car done? I wanted to have it done this year, but this Corona has just um, delayed everything. Yeah. So let's see how it goes, but definitely next year. The problem is, is, is that I don't know when to stop and just build it and then progress from there. Mm-hmm. Because I want a four-wheel drive the car as well. Mm. So I'm like, should I do it now? Should I do it later? Or, you know, it's just never ending. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just I'm just thinking, right, let me just build it 
and then I can either four wheel drive it later or can add stuff to it. I want to uh, ultimately I want to four wheel drive it and I want to get the billet block um, oh, and head. Wow. And I want to do the entire uh, engine and gearbox billet. Wow. Yeah, that's my long long term future mm-hmm. for the car. What brand were you looking for with that? Uh, so there's a PBE one, mm-hmm. the Pro Pro Billet. I know Speed Factory do. I've done a collaboration with them, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a company out in Malaysia, uh, which do um, they do the B series block, the heads, the bell house, bell housing transfer case for the four wheel drive, and I think I don't know if Locash do a um, the casing, the gearbox casing. I'm not sure. That would be the only thing I think to I'm pretty sure Drag Cartel does that. Is it the bell housing or the, or the actual casing? It's it's the um, the bell housing. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to I want the case on it as well. Hell yeah. I, I literally want the entire engine and gearbox to be billet. Are you gonna polish everything out or what? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've got the um, I've got the frontline fabrication billet cam covers already. Uh huh. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm. Proper piece of uh, you know, it's some serious art piece of art there um check it out afterwards with the valve cover yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. no frontline does great work man yeah yeah frontline yeah so i've got that already um i just want to do everything billet now yeah just to be um different very cool dude i'm excited to see that happen man i want want to check that car out in person so when you get it finished what are your plans with it um so like i said i'm gonna help promote the business the events to other car shows with a, a booth and everything um so i want to start doing more of that as well yeah um i do want to actually take, bring it to sema one day dude that would be so rad that would be a, that would be a goal have you been uh, to sema before no really never been to sema dude you gotta come man yeah i know I'll, it would be good for the first time ever to bring the car as well. Yeah. But probably not. But um, I do want to eventually bring it to SEMA somehow. When's the last time you've been in the States? Uh, mate, um, probably like 25 years ago. No way. Yeah. Oh, like dude, you got to come, bro. Yeah. No. Well, actually, no, sorry, sorry. I've been to New York. I've been to New York. Okay. But before New York, it's... I'd been to LA, been to um, San Francisco and Beverly Hills and that kind of area. Yeah. But I was like 10 years old or something. Wow. Yeah. Last time I was in New York uh, was five years ago. What'd you go there for, just to go? Um, yeah, it was just a holiday. Uh, went to Zenecron, some shops. I met Albert Marty as well. Uh, I don't know if you're Albert Marty. From yeah, there. but in, in Florida, they were in New York? No, nah, he was in New York when I went. Really? Five, five years ago, yeah. And Xenocron as well? Xenocron's in New York. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe maybe at that time. I, I, I'm i pretty sure that they're in Florida now, if I'm not mistaken. What, Xenocron or? Yeah. Albert, Mar- Albert Marty's in He's Florida in Florida. Now. But yeah. I, I thought Xenocron was as well. I could be tripping, but it seems like yeah. everybody from New York, New Jersey just moves yeah. to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I noticed as well. 
What's going on in Florida, man? That we don't know about. I don't know, man. But if we need to, bu- if if we need to build a wall, we need to build it around Florida, bro. They're too fucking crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Florida should be its own its own country. Shout out yeah. to Florida, dude. I love Florida. <laughs> I'm a beat, man. I want to go. It's crazy, man. Especially when we have the um the Ibach meet out there mm. in Orlando. Um, yeah. We're supposed to have that in in around now shit what, what is today is 14 yeah i think it was may if i'm not mistaken but either way right. we're supposed to go to orlando i love it out there in orlando but it's just florida's just a different world man yeah but it, i do want to come out there i want to come out to i back me um mainly i back i want to do h day as well just to see the racing oh yeah world, definitely. world cup finals uh yeah i want to come out to quite a few events i just haven't to be honest yeah well i mean nobody could really plan anything for 2020 uh everything's so up in the air but i would definitely look forward to you coming out here man to check out these events because um it's really cool what you're doing and uh i think a lot more people need to know about it and um this this Honda community that we have, we need to realize that it's not just a thing in the states; that mm. it's it's a worldwide thing, you know. And you're yeah. representing your part of the world, and I think that that needs to be noticed and it needs to be appreciated all around, you know. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm go- um, have you ever been to Thailand? I haven't. I I, I want to go there for sure, though. Yeah, I've, so I've been. I went out there in. Um, 2016 uh i met i hit up where so there's a guy out there called pubs he does all it's called honda night okay he does all he does all the honda events it's basically his story is exactly the same as mine yeah just in time it's crazy so um i messaged him i said look i'm gonna come out i organize mims and everything he's like yeah yeah i know about mims i was like yeah he's like come out and i'll throw an event for you and stuff like that i was like okay cool so we went out there on the 20 in 2016 Turned up, and the hospitality, they were just they just started to give me drinks, and they were just, like, giving me Coronas, and he's like, yeah, we get you on the stage, we interview you, you know, if you want to give out stickers and stuff like that. Yeah. That's fine. You know, I was like, okay, like, how much do you actually know about him? So he's like, yeah, I know about it. I've followed it, and I was like, look, that's, that's just crazy. Like, you can get that far, you know? So yeah. then we went out there, um, met him, became his friend, um i was supposed to actually be out there now um i was supposed to do mims and then the next day i was going to fly out to thailand because uh he's doing he does honda fest out there Mm -hmm. um which is like thailand's largest honda event Mm -hmm. Uh, so i was going to go to that which obviously i can't now yeah um but he wants to do a joint event there as well in thailand um for the japanese performance show yeah so that's what I was gonna go out there and look at venues with him. And Sick. See if we can do it. Yeah, that would have. Yeah, still gonna do it. Gonna check out venues, see how much they are, and the venues out there are, are on another level. Like, because uh, I was, you know, researching and I was emailing the companies there, and the venues are just on another level. Yeah. Expensive, obviously, um, but we're gonna see if we can do a Japanese performance show there. Dude, very cool, bro. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Do you yeah, ever have any cool. ideas of doing a show out here in the States? Yeah, I do want to. I definitely want to. I remember asking 
I think it was you and Mike when you and Mike were there, like, what's it like and how easy is it? But obviously you guys are saying it's diluted with events there, isn't it? There's so many events. In SoCal, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's totally different because you're you're a different brand. You know, if, if, yeah. if it was branded from coming from the UK the first time yeah. ever and then you had people promoting it for you, I think that that would be a different story, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do want to do something in the States. Um, definitely. There's there's people out there who support MIMS as well. They buy the merchandise and they know about the events. And I mean, I, I joined Albert Marty's live and he's like, yo, you're the talk of the town out here, man. I'm like, really? What have I done? <laughs> I'm just posting stuff from my bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's crazy when you sit there and you think, like the reach of what you're doing is is just worldwide and stuff is crazy. Yeah, it definitely is, man. And um, this is the time for people that are that are hustlers and people that work hard. This is our our time to shine. You know, you take advantage of this downtime. You uh, mm. focus on things that you didn't have a chance to focus on. And once this is all over, we're we're gonna hit the ground running, dude. And I'm excited to see not only where everybody goes, but what 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 you do, man. What Mim has yeah. Mims has in store for everybody, and and your growth and and your build. And I'm excited to see everything yeah. unfold for real. Yeah, I'm excited too. I just need to just carry on doing what I'm doing. Keep my head down. Definitely, yeah. man. You're doing it. You're yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I don't even realize I'm doing anything. That's the that's the thing. It's just. But when people tell you, you know, because even for this uh, event just gone, people were gonna people were flying out from the states to to come to the Mims, wow. and they had to cancel the flights. And you know, I get obviously get a refund for their tickets because they can't. They yeah. might not come to the Mims. You know, people come from Malta. People are flown in from Romania, driven from Romania, Belgium, France, Germany, Holland. So yeah, I'm just trying to slowly get the support out there, you know, from the people, yeah. and then hopefully I can just, you know, come to the states, do an event, do one in Thailand. You know, we done one in uh, Nurburgring last year. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. How was that? Yeah, that was good. It's really good. Um, everyone enjoyed it. Um, you have, you've never been to Nurburgring? No, have you? no, I've wanted to. Yeah, yeah it's crazy uh, venue. Well, next time when we're doing it, come out. Dude, sure, you man. let me know. I'm down for sure. Yeah. So then we've done one in Nürburgring, and then I'm going to be doing one in Holland. I do Japanese performance show in Belgium now. Yeah. Uh, it was first supposed to be in June. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still going ahead, but just trying to venture out, you know? Yeah. Just, just get out there. Very cool, man. Well, for you just staying um, on top of things, you being present in social media, you doing Mims Talk, like this is definitely keeping your name in the community. And um, hopefully more people find out about the event and make those trips, you know, because it's not only just about going to the event. You get to go mm. to a different country. You get to experience yeah. different things. And and that's what it's all about, man. Just if if the excuse to go to London is that you can go to a, a car show, like dude, yeah. that, that's two for one, man. That's awesome. Yeah, same same before I was to come to the states or anywhere else. Yeah, like, even the Nurburgring it was great because we got to drive through and have a good time along the way, and you know have the event and then come back, see yeah. everyone, and you know it was great, really good time. Dope, man. Dab, well, I look forward to your your future success and um. If you ever need anything from me, man, you know you you always got me, bro. 
Thanks. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, of course. So before we get out of here, where can people find you at? And uh, where can people buy some Mims merch if they want to get some? Uh, So Instagram, my personal one is at Dav, D-A-V underscore Plaha, P-L-A-H-A. That you can see all my builds on my car and just uh, stuff about my life and not too much because I'm not really um, I'm a bit personal in that kind of sense. But uh, uh, the Mims event is Mims at Mims underscore under underscore day, and the Japanese performance show is at Jap underscore performance underscore show. Dope. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, Facebook as well, Mims on the day, YouTube. Now, what about the merch? Oh, merch, um, I, that's another thing I need to be doing is putting it up on the website. But if you want to buy any of the merch, just either DM me or uh, you can find me quite easily. So just yeah. send me a message, whichever way I'll pick it up. Dope. Very cool. We'll have it all listed below, man. Dav, it was so yeah. good to sit here and talk with you. And uh, I wish it was yeah. in person, but hopefully sometime yeah. in the near future, it will be, man. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me on here. Like, I was looking at the previous, you know, giants of the industry you've had on here. And for you to have someone like me, I'm just, I'm on it. So thanks a lot. Uh, no, definitely, dude. I'm trying to get everybody in here. You know, everybody that's a piece of the puzzle of the industry. And you definitely are. You know, you you represent a very big part of the uh, of the world that a lot of people don't know much about. And now they do because of the hard work that you've put in. So it wasn't even a question in my eyes of, of if I was going to have you on, but when, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's an honor for me, man. I really, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate the kind words. I really do. Yeah, of course, bro. So I, yeah. I wish you and your wife the best. Make sure you tell her that I said hi. And, yeah. um, dude, thank you for everything, Dav. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your time. And, um, Everybody listening, please, please check out Dav Mims Honda Day. Really killing it out there, hard worker and a uh, good buddy of mine. And um, big shout out to Hilltoe Automotive, which is the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, Hilltoe, they've been around since 2002. We've actually just did one of the previous episodes with them. So if you guys can yeah. check it out, shout out to Hilltoe. And uh, shout out to everybody listening right now. Thank you for your support. I really, really appreciate it. And this is Downtime with Downstar episode 160, and we out. Peace.